I am Edgar Otraves, and welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. Now, today on the show, my co-hosts are not my cousin Dan and Lechuga, and we're going to be doing a review of the movie RRR, directed by S.S. Rajamoli, and it stars N.T. Ramarao Jr., Ram Charan Teja, and Aya Devin. And if I butchered that, please forgive me. I am not well versed in the languages of India and speaking that language and making the sounds that go with that language is very difficult for me. So forgive me. I'm trying. Now, if you're new to the show, we are an entertainment podcast. What we do on the show basically is the different episodes will have all kinds of themes varying from movie reviews to interviews to post and pre fight breakdowns for MMA. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some merchandise and support the podcast. I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is. It's actually pretty fun. There's plot holes, but we'll get to those. You'll hear everything about it in the show. So now, now without further ado, on to the show. So welcome to another episode of the full of oh, shit. I gotta start over. <laughs> Derailed before we even start. I just, I just, <laughs> I just got primo on the mind, and I was just like, "Oh, that poor dude." I love that dude. He's, he's one of my favorite people. But um, anyway. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves, and today on the show I have not my cousin Dan Dobranos Cabrones. What's up? And my other cousin Lechuga. What's up, brother? I really need a catchphrase. That's what's up. <laughs> That's your catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I really need a catchphrase. Woo! <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah, just, we'll, we'll work on it. Just do what I did until I, until I could figure out my catchphrase. Just when he introduces you, just say primo. Yeah, yeah. It's missing. It's missing every time he's not here. Yeah, not he, gonna lie. He, uh, yeah. It, it's funny because I love it when when Dan steals other people's shit. <laughs> I think I did it to Primo once. Yeah, you no, you did it several times. Like several times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Primo was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's my thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, uh the subject uh of conversation for today is the movie RR, and it's directed by SS Rajamoli. RRR. Yeah. R -R oh, I'm, I forgot. It's, yeah. RRR. There's a lot of R's on this. And again, it's directed by SS Rajamoli and it stars N.T. Rama Rao Jr., uh, Ram Charan Teja, and Aya Davnan. And I know I'm butchering that, and uh, there's going to be a lot of. It's AJ. I think AJ. AJ? Yeah. A okay. Man, dude, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna totally mess up. It's one of those. That's one of those rare Indian names where you just pronounce it the way it's spelled. Mm -hmm. You know, where like, but yeah, it's AJ. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting fact checked in real time. Yeah, no, we should totally do that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what I do. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I I put the Dan in pedantic. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, this movie is uh, something that Lechuga recommended to us, uh, and I'm glad to watch a movie that's not, you know, a comic book movie 
or something that we usually do. Uh, I'm really tired of people saving the world all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, I, although this was kind of a saving the world story. It was yeah. like a world. Saving, I mean, it, 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 saving it, India, you know, yeah, saving India, saving the Indian people. Yeah. Um, it's a smaller movie. <laughs> it's not saving can, the world. There, there was nothing small about this. Movie. <laughs> no. And you can it make was, the argument that these two guys are superheroes. They they yeah. are absolutely that. Yeah. And well, and they are the characters are legends. They're they're real people. They're based, are they real people. I thought they were they're based on real people. Yeah. Oh, really? Legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before I start picking it apart, let's introduce let's get done introducing the movie. Yeah, please. I, I mean, <laughs> it's one of the best documentaries I've ever watched. So <laughs> let's get into that. No, no, this is a action fictitious movie. It's not. A, please don't take that. This is a documentary. <laughs> I would hope that the scenes where they're fighting tigers and lions and stuff like that would prove that it's not a documentary but oh, man, yeah there were so many times with this movie too especially in like the first 45 minutes of it where i was just like dude i don't know if i can i don't i don't know if i can do this I'm, this isn't this isn't clicking and then every time i would get to the point where it's like nah i'm, I'm just something batshit would happen yes <laughs> that that's like clearly like from a like indian cinema perspective it's it's totally something like I, I would have never thought to do that. I I don't think an American director would have ever thought, yeah, let's do that. And like it just things spin in a weird direction. And, and it's like, OK, well, I'm back in now. You yeah, know? there was so much action in this movie and uh, it's the Kung Fu musical I always wanted. You know, it oh, is that's true. It oh, is. It's Edgar's Kung Fu musical. Yeah. And it had to come from India. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's three hours long, by the way. Was it a full three hours? Yeah. Like it, it was long. Three I, hours I, and I two minutes. I was not <laughs> able to watch it in one sitting. I had to split it up across a couple of of different sittings. Um, yeah, it was long. It was long. It was it was long. And but unlike most long movies, by the time I got to the end, I didn't feel like I had been cheated of my time. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's definitely cool. Uh, there, there were times where I was starting to that, to feel that way, and then by the time I got to the end of the movie, I was like, "I'm glad I watched this." <laughs> you know, yeah. I was planning on breaking it up that way too, like an hour a night for three nights, kind of a thing. And I put it on around 10 p.m. because that's usually when my girlfriend goes to bed. She's up at like six, and mm-hmm. I tend to watch this kind of wacky shit after she's already asleep. <laughs> she caught like the first five minutes. And she got instantly hooked, and we yeah. stayed up till one in the morning watching this. Oh shit! I bet she was yeah. angry at you in the morning. No, no, she yeah. no regrets. She freaking loved it. By the end of it, she's like, "I fucking love this. This is great. This has <laughs> yeah. everything I want." Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, and, wire work, singing, yeah. dancing, and then like there, there were stylistically, you know, there, there were a couple of things, and they were, they were like subtle things that I don't know if I would have noticed. If I wasn't paying attention, like sorely aware of the fact that this is coming from a cultural perspective that I know nothing about, you know, <laughs> like so. So there are certain things that I'm noticing, but there, there were like certain things that were done in a stylistic way where normally I would be like, that's kind of cheesy. But in the vein of this movie, it was kind of charming, you know, yes. 
and I don't know if, if I want to miss like redirect and start talking about that stuff now uh, without getting into what the story is, but yeah, like, let's, let's tell the story and then we can break it all apart. Um, it's, it's a uh, not that difficult of a story. It's just uh, these two different characters. They're from like tribes, uh, rural tribes in India. Mm -hmm. And they are basically, you know, revolutionary figures that started a revolution against the, the, the British rule. One so of that's, that's like the story takes place during the British Raj. Yes. Which was when, when the, the, the British were kind of in control of India. And, and the world you know, for the most part. At that point in history, <laughs> yeah. The British mm -hmm. Empire kind of spanned the globe and, and they were, you know, imperialists in India. So the the setting of the movie is like the the 1920s, 1930s-ish. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, during kind of like the peak of the, the British Raj, the, like when the British were uh, very imperially in control. And that's also the same time period where there were multiple kind of revolutions that were starting within India and like the 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 movement towards Indian independence was growing and there was this this uh, surge that was starting around that time and so the the two characters the two main characters are based on uh two revolutionary figures from that time Kamaram Bhim and, and Aluri Raju, Sitar, Aluri mm -hmm. Sitarama Raju. Yeah, yeah known and, as Ram and Beam in the movie. Right, oh, right. Okay. and yeah, in the movie, one of them's Ram, one of them's Beam. It was the director's idea. So these are two revolutionary figures who never met, and they actually were active during different time periods. So, oh, in real like, life, in real mm -hmm. life, Raju was was far more active in like the 1920s, and I think he died by like 1924. He he was killed by the British. Huh. And then Beam was more active in like the 30s through the early 40s. And then he was killed by the British. I think huh. in 1944, he was killed by the British. Huh. But then in 1940s, but, but it, it all culminated in 1947 is when India got its independence from Britain. It's kind of like a Tarantino-like reimagining. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. That, that, that's a real good way to put it because so, so Rajamouli, uh, who directed and wrote the movie with this uh, Prasad, v Vijayendra Prasad. Again, the, apologies to yeah. all our listeners that know uh, how to actually I, pronounce these names. <laughs> we, we are going to make such asses of ourselves during this episode, not only just mispronouncing names, but like I really feel like as as I was watching the movie and getting more into it, and then trying to dissect it and trying to to figure out what was going on because it's the kind of movie there's symbolism going on on the screen mm -hmm. and you know it's important but you don't know what it's tied to so i'm the kind of guy who is diving into it and trying to research it and trying to get more context around what i'm watching and i feel like as an american anyway there's no way to fully appreciate or dissect this movie without taking at least at least a semester of college level Indian <laughs> studies. Right. Uh, and, and so like we, I, I really want to make an apology. You guys are welcome to, to participate in that apology if you want to, but like, 
I apologize because I'm sure I'm going to get things wrong. I'm sure I'm going to have misinterpretations of things. And, and it's just because this movie was so interesting to me that I did really try hard to research the context around the stories and the mythologies here. And there's only so much time to do that. So I probably got a lot of it wrong. Uh, but uh, because that's way more than I got a chance to do. That's I, I appreciate you doing all that because uh, because, yeah, well, I didn't do it for you. I did it because I, I liked the movie that much. I liked the movie yeah. so much that I wanted to understand it. You know, well, thank not you. all about not you, man. Yeah, I'm not offended. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but let, yeah, let's continue offending the Indian public. <laughs> yeah, so. But um, so anyway, it's, it, it was this re, this Tarantino-esque reimagining of the history and the, the director and had this concept of what if these two figures met and were friends in life? Yeah. How, what would that have looked like? You know, they would have been best friends they, closest and, and most dearest friends ever. And clearly they were because <laughs> uh, like- that's the, the overriding. But but. I think there's a lot to dive in there, but, uh, yeah. but it was that, that was the idea. Let's reimagine these two pivotal Indian heroes from the early 20th century, as if they had met and what, what that could have looked like and what that could have met meant for India. If they had had the ability to work together, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of cool stuff there too. Like uh, there was a little bit of a betrayal between the friendships yeah uh, uh or perceived portrayal uh betrayal uh there was there was love interests that the one dude helped the other dude get yeah which i found yeah. really interesting and then uh, that just kind of like out of necessity obviously the plot had to move along in a mm-hmm. certain direction but that just disappeared for the last hour right yeah in I, any any western movie that love interest would have been the driving force of the movie yeah, it would have exactly. been the main focus it, it would have been the the key plot a you know yeah exactly and in this one it was not even like in the backseat it was like in the trunk of the yeah, movie it was like, it, the two yeah the two it was clearly characters. like like not even the b story it was the c story yeah, yeah. The, the two main characters their relationship was more important than anything else their that was that was it was this is a total bromance movie yeah I think it's the best bromance I've ever seen on film. It, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm, no, I'm, no exaggeration. I'm not, not going to say that for me, that's what I think. But I will say I, I can totally see that. I don't think that's wrong to say at all. This is this is a bromance for the ages and it's really well done. And yeah. uh, I am trying and, real hard to find a better bromance. I thought head. it. I thought it was cool. I mean, there might be better bromances, so I'll give you a chance to think of one, Edgar. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was cool that a Western audience got to see that type of relationship, that platonic relationship between Mm -hmm. two male friends, because it's so rare in our culture. Yeah. Um, At least for it to be expressed that way. For it to be so uh, out there, Uh, so so expressed is is kind of the word. Yeah, it's... uh, you get that bromance, but it, but it's always kind of like an undercurrent, you know, like you mm-hmm. bros only show so much affection for each other. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, bros only have so much emotion at the surface, unless it's rage. Bros yeah. only have so much emotion at the surf at the surface. And these guys are like, 
they're singing songs about how they're such good friends and like it, it and it's the major thematic element about everything everything that happens in the movie is based on the friendship between these two guys yeah and, and both of them had love interests on the side yeah. yep. however they express to one another your friendship is the most important thing in my life yeah yep exactly to the point and, where they would risk each other's lives to save the other right yeah they they both risked each other's mission the thing that was driving them in the movie they both right. put it at risk they set it aside because of their friendship mattered more yep yep and and that gets tested at a mm -hmm. couple of points and you know they each kind of fail at at living up to that promise at certain points to the movie but then it loops around to the end where it's just like that's yeah it, they 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 come back together and because they come back together, it's like that's that's their friendship, not either one of them, but their friendship is what sets India free at the end of the movie. You know, something yeah. I was going to mention is uh, I was lucky in the past. I had a job where I worked with um, teens and kids seeking asylum in the U.S. So I got to meet a lot of teenagers from India and teens from Latin America and teens from other parts of Asia. Um and the Indian boys, because in their culture, they're pretty much segregated from the women until mm -hmm. it's time to get married or if it's a relative kind of thing. So when they listen to music and they dance, they dance amongst themselves. So the boys are dancing with the boys. They have this kinship. It's not odd to see two men or two teens, two teen boys holding hands as they're sitting mm -hmm. next to each other. Uh, the amount of personal space is a lot less than what we're used to. And I remember because we'd also have teens from like Latin America staying with us at the same time as these other Indian boys. Uh, the Latin American kids were very taken aback by this, especially since they sure. can't understand what they're saying. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, and you know, and Latin America, kind of like the U S homophobia kind of runs rampant. Sure. So they were very uncomfortable by that. However, after enough time around each other and exposure to it, they, they didn't bat an eye at it anymore. Yeah. They realized this is how friendship is expressed. And they all mm -hmm. kind of became closer to one another, too. Like you saw the Latin American boys start to express some of that kinship as well with their friends. And I don't know. I, I hope we see more of this moving forward. Actually. Yeah, that kind of cultural interchange is so important. And like you would think that as we get, you know, we, we've got all of this information technology and freedom of communication, like never before imagined. And you, you would think that that kind of cultural interchange would be happening more and more on a broader and grander level. But, but sometimes it, you, you look out there and it's just like, wow, people are just using all of this technology to, to really just surround themselves, cement themselves into their little echo chamber, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I, I that's another one of the things that I really appreciated about the movie, you know, even though like at first as I'm watching it, I'm kind of like this is a little weird, like, <laughs> wow, you know, but uh, like the more you get through it, the more you understand, like you, you, you have to step outside of I'm watching this as an American through the lens of, of an American and you have to step outside of that and, and just keep reminding yourself yes this is an american movie and so these people aren't acting with the same kind of bullshit puritanical inhibitions that americans act with and so this stuff is perfectly normal and it's actually quite beautiful i mean these guys 
routinely gave each other piggyback rides and then used it as a <laughs> weapon was, at the end. Yeah, that was the ultimate weapon. That, that was the yeah, climactic battle. The climactic battle was they were basically chicken fighting the British Army. It was amazing. Yeah, a whole storm of them, like a whole bunch of these. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was just them two. You know, and that's fight. And then not only not only running around, but like somersaulting mm-hmm. through the air. Yeah. You know? Back flipping. And <laughs> and like it's um, that's definitely a theme throughout the entire movie from beginning to end is the one versus many or two versus many dynamic. And how how like they between these two guys, it doesn't matter the number of people co- that come at them. They're going to win. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how how outgunned they are, how outmanned they are. They're still somehow amazingly going to win. Yeah. And, and you know, like like you're saying, like the bond that they have, it's you know, it, it's interesting that, yeah, we can sit here and make fun of it or whatever. But like there is a severe loneliness happening in the United States. Yeah. In general, between men, you know, and, yeah. and it's just yeah. some men don't have close friends. Yeah. You know? And like to see a movie like this and to sit here and poke fun of it and say, oh, you know, like, oh, they, they you know, they kind of, you know, whatever. But it's it's like they they know what friendship is, you know, yeah. and it's so important to them that yeah. they, they put two characters that didn't exist in the same timeline in a movie and made them best friends. Well, yeah. And express how important it is for not only to have a kinship like that or friendship. Like and that. that like expressing that and feeling that mm-hmm. isn't isn't weakness no you know it's not effeminate or categorized as weakness and i think in our culture to a certain degree it absolutely is oh yeah you know well i um, mean this movie's about brotherhood right it's like you're saying their friendship saved the country yeah it's about brotherhood it's about watching out for each other you know and right their their friendship is yeah is exactly what you said it, it saved the country but that's because they those people they need that bond in order to get out of yeah. where they're at they need to be together they need to yeah. be you know cooperating yeah and then and they even like when they're separated when in, in the the stretches of the movie where they're either actively working against each other or they're separated things don't work yeah mm-hmm. and there's real heartache being felt and there's the right you know, uh, it's, there, there's there's real suffering when they're separated and it's not just for them. It's like for everything that for the whole story, for everything that's going on when they aren't working together, everything else for the entire country starts to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to clear it up a bit for the listeners that probably that have not seen the movie. <laughs> I hope you wouldn't listen to this before watching it, but these two guys, it's, it's a little similar to uh, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio in the departed where they both have these alter yeah. egos, even though they're working against each other. Um, Rom is a officer for the Royal British, the Imperial police. There you yeah. go. The Imperial police and beam is known as kind of like the guardian of this small tribal group of people. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that Rom also is trying to do something for his tribe back home. And he's only pretending to pledge allegiance to the British. Yeah. And, and you don't find that out. Yeah. Until the end. like more than halfway through the movie. I yeah. think. 
And that's an interesting twist. And uh, I mean, there, there are things that they do that allude to it and things that kind of hint at that throughout the first half of the movie, that there's something more going on with, with Rom, you know, that's again, one of the themes from the very beginning, it's about, so the friendship and the friendship is symbolic of Indian unity because there's a lot of, again, okay, I should, I'm going to go back to, uh, I should apologize first. This is based, (laughs) this is based on a few hours worth of reading and trying to acquaint myself with shit. But, you know, there, there are a lot of subcultures and co-cultures in India, just like any other country where there's a billion people. You mm-hmm. have a, it's not just a billion people and they're all the same and they all share the same culture, you know. Uh, and, and so the story between these two is is kind of symbolic of, you know, on, struggles between different kinds of, of cultural groups in India in coming together and unifying as a singular nation. And so you've got um, Ram, who is kind of representative of this metropolitan kind of westernized city guy. He would represent like the Western yeah. uh, picture of beauty as well. That is yeah, he's an absurdly definitely, handsome man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ask that. I mean, and, bring that. Like, yeah, and, and then you've got Beam. Uh, so Raju is, is the more westernized, more metropolitan, more modern, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then Beam is fr- like from this this rural Gond tribe. Yeah. And the the Gond and that the, the Gond are a very large cultural group within India. But they, you know, they are they do tend to be more rural and kind of Beam is Beam is a brute. And he's simple. He's not stupid, but he's simple. You know, he's kind of a bumpkin, I guess. And yeah. and then you've got he's country like, strong. He's country strong. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Raju, who, even though we find out later, kind of came from a similar background, but was working through this whole plan. And in the process of that became, you know, more more citified. But um but that's that's one of the themes that they're working through is that these two are opposites and they even sing a song about it. They, they're, they're opposites, but then they become the bestest of friends. And that's how that's how unity works is you have to find ways. And, and it's a theme that's just hammered at over and over and over from beginning to end in the movie is that the opposites need to come together uh, and create unity. And, and that's. That is a message of contextual importance within the realm of India. And it's all is also interesting that the the movie wasn't filmed in Hindi. The movie yeah. was it's a it's Telugu. Telugu. Telugu? It's a Tamil movie. It's <laughs> one Tamil. of those is right. <laughs> it's it's a Tamil movie, which is not like the overwhelming uh it's it it's not the norm let's say you no. know it's to not show how standard. large to show how large india is telugu is the fourth most spoken language in india mm-hmm. yet it has 85 million speakers <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah and so i mean that's a, that's a big deal this is this movie was the um 
the biggest budget Indian movie ever made. $72 million. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was in films in the fourth most common language in India, not the first. And it, you know, and so it's, it's representative of a subcultural point of view with, it's crazy to think about. And I mean, it made a just shitload of money too. I think it made $172 million worldwide. I think it made $14 million in the United States alone, which is crazy. Considering it was streaming on Netflix. Yeah. It was not a box office release. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact that a movie like this could get, could sell 14 million tickets, $14 million worth of tickets in the United States. You know, I, I love that. And I, I would, yeah, I assume a, a high proportion of those movie tickets went to Indians uh, in America, you know, but I, I got to believe that, that other American people were going to see this movie. And by the number of people who've been watching it streaming on Netflix, I have to believe that I'm not the only Polish American guy who watched this movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm kind of banging a drum about something and I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But uh, um, you talked yourself in circles a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed the ride, though. Yeah. As (laughs) as I I do want to say one of my favorite things about this movie, uh, because there were moments where I was just like, this is too much. And I'm like, I'm going to turn it off just like Dan. And I was like, I'm going to. No, maybe not. You know, like here's a, some you know kung fu scenes. So like the choreography as like one of the things that Dan and I were going back and forth about was is that the choreography isn't exactly like elegant, right? There they don't really have like a martial art that they can base right. on. The, the fight choreography in particular. Like I, I would say the choreography as a whole, I I would say this movie is very elegant. Yes. It was stunning. It's yeah. elegantly put together, but the fights are not. The fights are brutal. Well, the oh, fights, yeah. the fights, like the the hand and, and foot stuff, like the they don't like you can tell some of these guys can't throw kicks and can't throw punches. Mm-hmm. But the choreography in itself, like dudes were fighting tigers, they were throwing at <laughs> people, yeah. they were flying through the air with fire, they're shooting arrows and doing all kinds of crazy shit. And it, that part was fantastic. That was really well done. It's super, super well choreographed. One of the things, like, like I said, one of the things I mentioned was that they're playing chicken, right? They're running around the forest. And yeah, there was one scene where they- that's like his challenge. That's how the, that's how beam trains. He runs through the forest from a tiger. Yes. That's his well, dream. He was running from a wolf. Yes. And then a tiger oh, and, showed up. <laughs> oh, he, he's running from the wolf. And then he actually used the tiger to take out the wolf. Yeah. 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 And then he fights the tiger, right? Like, and then yeah. he fights the tiger. Yeah. All very cool, though. None of it. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds ridiculous hearing it from us. But when you're watching it, it was like, this is kind of fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so sure. Like, one of my favorite things that they did is, again, the, the, the fighting chicken thing. Because there was one scene where they're doing, and I, I was like, wait a minute, like, are they going to start flying around on, on each other's backs? You know, like, and they do. And yeah. so there's a scene where they're climbing up. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I know the dude's legs are injured. Like, why doesn't he just climb up on his own? They're, they're climbing up the watchtower. 
Yeah, the watchtower yeah. together, right? And then yeah. they somersault over the watchtower over a wall, and they and and I'm and I'm watching it, and I'm yeah. like, how the fuck did they do this? <laughs> like, I know they shot it in slow motion. Is this, is this like did they green screen this somehow? And even if they did green screen the jump over the wall, how did you manage to attach these two guys together? And then- Velcro. <laughs> 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 and throw him over a wall. I was just like, you know, you can say what you want about the choreography in terms of like, oh, well, the you well, know, how to punch and stuff. But that shit was fucking badass, you know? Like, yeah. Well, and cool we 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 did have that little side conversation. I think it it was a point before we had either gotten all the either of us had gotten all the way through it, you know. But there, so the first several fights. <laughs> And the first real big, so so you've got the first fight. It's not really the fight scene. It's the chase through the woods with the tiger yeah. and the wolf. And then there's the the fight scene where you we are introduced to to Raju as the you know, and and they're it's they're Ram, at yeah. this Ram, yeah. this this fort, yeah, where he's trying to keep the people back. You're, yeah, you're they're at the they're at this fort that's kind yeah. of. Under like a thousand villagers trying like, to storm this military this, fort, this military fort. And there's maybe like a hundred soldiers in there and the guy in charge of the fort. So somebody in the crowd throws something over the fence and it, you know, and the guy in charge of the fort says, bring me that man. And then you see Rom and Rom like vaults over the fence and it's the first fight scene. And you know, I'm kind of expecting it to be from what I'd read about the movie and heard about it. I'm kind of expecting it to be this kind of martial arts thing. And it's another thing that I like uh, did some research into. There are I don't know if you'd call it martial arts per se, but there are Indian fighting styles. I mean, there's, there's a civilization that that's been around for 5000 years. They they've developed fighting styles. You know what I mean? Uh, and so there are. Indian martial arts, let's say, like Indian fighting styles. And so I was kind of expecting some of that to be on display in this particular fight scene that I'm talking about. No, no, it was Ram jumps over the fence and beats the shit out of people with sticks. <laughs> yeah. He beats the shit out of people with sticks and then repeatedly rams people's heads into rocks. Yeah, it was actually a pretty brutal scene to watch. And, and so, like, that's where where we're having you and I were having that conversation around. Like, this is really well done and well filmed, but the choreography is not exactly elegant. No. It's just it's just feeding people with sticks. <laughs> but it kind of like evolves as the movie goes on, and because there's some really amazing. Um, like hand to hand kind of like MMA kind of stuff that you see later in the movie and in, in further fight scenes down the road, especially with Rom uh, just like, like tangling, tangling people up with his arms and legs. And it looks very technical. And and like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I I, like, I wasn't able to watch that and be like, Oh, that's what this is. It all looked sort of novel and different to me, but it, it was a lot more elegant and technical than the first scenes where it's just, I'm going to beat the shit out of you with sticks. <laughs> Edgar, I was going to ask you uh, at that end, towards the end when Rom uh, grappled five guys at the same time to the ground, uh, what jujitsu move that was? I, I, uh, I 
I think it's called the Big Brother. Um, you just uh, <laughs> you just sit on the kid. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're bigger than him, or stronger than him, and you just uh, you just go ahead and sit on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Like I saw that, and I was like, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> like he managed to stop everybody. You know, that's like yeah. That's like, he tangled everybody up in in the ground. Yeah, that's yeah. like the 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 big uncle, the big playful uncle, who's still a little bit of a kid messing with all the kids at thanksgiving dinner you know yeah like, yeah that's exactly it down, pulling them down by the shorts grabbing their ink their legs grabbing the other one by the collar and just holding on to everybody you know that that's basically what it looked like and and but still it was it was fun to watch um but i think i think my favorite fight scene or action scene is when um beam attacks the little like castle i guess or the little, yeah, like, he attacks. The it's like the palace yes. in, in Delhi. That's one of the things where I was watching it and, and I'm sitting there thinking like if I was if this was a Western movie, I would think this is the cheesiest thing that I've ever seen. But it's not a Western movie and I love it. It's fucking badass. It was, yeah, badass dude. Like dude broke through the gates and brought like so he, all the jungle he drives the, with his him. plan so so yeah. let's let's try to tell the story a little bit like yeah. uh beam is trying to reclaim this this child from his village that the british governor and his wife uh basically stole you mm-hmm. know they really condescendingly like flipped a coin to the girl's parents and took her the implication being like we're buying your daughter but the villagers didn't understand that and so they send beam to reclaim her right so he's trying to get this girl back he finds out that he's at this that she's at this imperial palace and he drives a truck through the gate and the truck is filled with wild animals. And Tokyo it, drifted through the gate. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> did a Tokyo drift just right through the gate, and and freeze all of these wild animals that go crazy within yeah. the palace grounds. And where I think one of the reasons why it, it didn't feel cheesy to me at all was was number one. It's like okay, well that I thousand points for style dude if i was going to storm a palace i i can't think of a better way to do it but if it if it was me and two of my friends and i didn't have any guns or anything like yeah i'll set some tigers and jaguars and deer loose and and, and cause some chaos i think that's brilliant but what made it even better is that there were multiple points during the ensuing battle that a- after this happened and and all of these animals bears and just like <laughs> going crazy just going crazy they're fighting each other they're fighting people and 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 what made it feel better is that at multiple points beam has to fight them off of him yeah thank like, it's you it's not like he's in charge of these this horde of wild thank animals. you for mentioning that because i like, was, like when i was watching it i appreciated that because it, it yeah. was like yeah. the, the writers were like okay no we got to keep it a little realistic here. Like he's not Tarzan. They're not yeah. going to do his bidding. Yeah. And they yeah. made him fight the own, his own animals. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he, if, if there weren't parts where he wasn't getting attacked by the animals that he brought, it would have felt a little bit less 
good, <laughs> but because he has to multiple times, like he has to fight off a tiger and then he has to fight off a jaguar and then he has to dodge a deer. And it's like, okay, so, so that's okay. I appreciate it that much more. I have to think that Lechuga's right in terms of like somebody in the in the writer's room was like, okay, like this shit's getting too far out. Like, we got to have these animals attack this guy. Otherwise, people are not going to believe this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then and then there's other stuff like that's like so that fight scene. That's pivotal. Right. Because yeah. that's where uh, where Beam finds out that that Rom is a police officer and that Rom has actually been hunting him down. And it was like they were. They were kind of going and as this, they, they had this awesome epic friendship blossoming between them. They were going in circles around each other where Rom had actually been tasked to find out who who had come to to seek out the little girl. And it's beam and it's but but he's not putting two and two together the whole time. And, and one then, of the means in which Rom was doing that was by torturing beams, brother, actual yeah. real life brother. Yeah. 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 And a, and then Beam's brother's bit by the snake. Yeah. Beam's yeah. brother's sick to poison a snake on him. It was fantastic. And then and then Beam healed him. Yeah. And, and I mean there was a lot of stuff going on that that ultimately like in a western movie would have felt super melodramatic. It didn't feel that way in this in this movie to me. It didn't. It felt perfectly fine. You know, it, it didn't good. feel like it was in any way uh, less complex or less sophisticated. I, it was it was melodramatic, but it didn't take me out of it. You right. Know? It's that's what I'm, you just like, said it. What I said in 50 words in three. Yeah, yeah I think um, it shows how successful this movie was at setting the tone. That right. all that felt in place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it was it was three hours long, though. So, OK, so like let's take like, a step back. Right. If you finish your thought, Edgar, well, finish your it's, thought. it's three, three hours long and some of it felt three hours long and some of it. Yeah. Like I loved all the action pieces, all of that. I ate it up. I even enjoyed some of the scenes where where uh uh rom was acting as the wingman and helping Bean kind of capture the girl there's all that yeah yeah i loved all that uh, rom that's what like do right like help his buddy get the girl right like i'm gonna do everything you yeah exactly i'm gonna help you get the girl i'm gonna help you be more urban you know well he he even got to a point where it was like okay i'm gonna send you guys off I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep um, right. to sit here and translate for you. Because and yeah. that's where he started to put two and two together. Was because there was green paint on the back of the window of the car that they drove off in, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, but okay, so let let's do a little timeline setting because you bring up the movie is three hours long, and there are parts of the movie where it's like this feels every bit of three hours, yeah. but it always comes back, right? But but there's this. RRR could you could very easily just say, oh, it's an action. It's like an epic action movie. It does. It's like genre busting it. It because it goes in so many. It's this this total buddy bromance. But so like, here's the timeline. I'm going to try to do the timeline of the movie 
and you guys jump in and, and correct me or add color where you need to. Okay. But so, so the movie starts out, the British governor is going through this village. The little girl sings a song for them. They Molly, flip a, Molly, Molly is the little girl's name. And, and she sings a song for them and they think that she's charming. So they flip a coin at Molly's parents and just take her. And then they attempt uh, to murder her mother as well. Oh, that's right. Well, did they attempt to or did they successfully murder her? No, we see her again at the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. So they they've just just cold bloodedly. And that, that that's just a repetitious theme throughout the movie. There is uh, no love lost between the people who wrote and made this movie. And I would imagine a lot of people in India, there is no love lost between them and the British. Uh, the, the British are not portrayed in a very good light at all cartoonish that, bad guys for the most part cartoonish yeah. bad guys and and you know in many ways i i definitely feel like the makers of this movie sat down and watched once upon a time in china and said why isn't there an indian version of this movie yeah and because it hits all the same notes, the British are cartoonish bad guys. They are not complex characters. They're just cartoon. They're they're vile and uh, they have bad intent, and and that's it. There's nothing more to them than that. Kind of like um, the Russians in American '80s movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The Russians Rocky or Thor. or um, <laughs> anybody of of Middle Eastern descent in '80s in '80s movies, like like delta force or whatever like they're just cartoonish bad guys yeah don't forget to mention in that beginning sequence is when we first see the ethos of the governor and that is that a, a british bullet is worth more than an indian life yeah and I, I was gonna say that's one of the so they were gonna kill um well it, it was the was it the the mother or the father molly's mother or father i think the mother and they were gonna execute her and and a soldier pointed a gun at her, and the and the governor gets a, gives this this long winded speech basically about, hey hey, hold on a second, do you know how much that that bullet cost X amount of dollars? It was made by Englishmen in an English factory and carried across the seven seas, and by the time it got here, by the time it got India to India, it cost a full pound, and these peasants aren't worth a full pound. Find another way. Yeah. And so, you know, they don't he just clubs her basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then that that's revisited later in the movie, too. A few times. Yeah. A, a few times. And I mean, it, it, and it, it just sets the the ethos of uh, that's that's the way the British think of the Indians in this movie. So, OK, Molly gets kidnapped by the governor and then you get to see the scene with <laughs> with Rom beating the shit out of all the people with sticks. And then you see the scene with beam getting chased by a wolf and, and a tiger through the jungle. And then, and then beams in Delhi with his crew. And they're kind of trying to figure out what do we need to do? How to, how to find Molly. And there's um, trying to remember. So there's a way like there's a point at which Rom is chasing um, chasing Beam and his kind of crew. But he hasn't seen any of them yet. Yeah, that like in the city and, stuff. and 
yeah through the city and then they they actually get away but like right at the end of the chase they like get to this bridge and there's a train uh crash on the bridge and there's a little boy who's about to get killed and beam and uh rom see each other and they kind of like make eye contact and they see the boy and they're like okay let's do this and they kind of do this crazy tag team thing where they kind of swing around the bridge on a it was it wasn't even a rope it was like a flag or something it was like a flag or something it, it was oh it was like a an indian flag yeah because they it was like made a big they made a big screenshot out of that you know? yeah but so they're, they're swinging around this bridge and they rescue the kid and that's how they become friends and then there's this kind of montage where they sing a song about opposites coming together and becoming friends and it's very again if that if that happened in an american movie it would it would be cheesy yeah and, and it wasn't you know uh it was it was a little bit like what the fuck is happening here but <laughs> but 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 then then you kind of remind yourself you pull yourself back into it like stop it you know stop thinking about this in terms of being western you know while we're uh, on that scene can i ask you guys something yeah. So these these two men do a lot of things that would traditionally make someone feel a bit emasculated compared to them. But the one that really took me was that first time they met, Rom does some hand signals to Beam and Beam immediately understood what that meant and what yeah. the plan was. And, and it's like this extremely life, convoluted, yes. complex plan that was communicated with like three quick hand signals. Yeah. <laughs> and at no point in my life would I have ever deciphered that to mean any of what Rom meant it to mean. And I don't think I, I it's what leads me to believe I'll never be a hero. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had been beam in that scene, that little boy would be dead a yeah. million times. <laughs> uh, like. Um, it's like what what the fuck are you but, it's, what's the x mean what do you mean what are it, you wolverine is that what yeah, you're telling what are, me are, did you just package taunt me what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. you know so okay so they rescue the boy they become friends they sing a song about being friends meanwhile then then it cuts to like like uh ram is at like an insurrectionist meeting and he's clearly like trying to infiltrate them you know as part of his job as a policeman he ends up hooking back up with beam's with brother beam, beam's brother mm -hmm. and then he uh, fools, beam's brother is fooled into believing that rom is an insurrectionist and yeah. can help him and his brother beam in their quest and then they're kind of going through uh the city and they get to a point where there's there's like a British blockade and the British soldiers kind of blow Rom's cover. Mm -hmm. And so Rom takes off and then there's another chase scene through the streets and somehow, some way Rom and Beam are, are not connecting up every time something like that happens. So they don't know the true nature of each other yet, but they're the best of friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a question about like when is the uh, Rom doing his job? Uh, why is he hanging out with his new friend so much? Like, yeah, and how is right. his new friend not seeing him in his police outfit? Like, you know, like uh, there's a lot of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, how many hours a week do you work, Rom? Yeah, is it like a 15 hour week gig. Like, what's the deal? We also don't know how much time goes by 
while yeah, this is all that's happening. true. Like, there is not a real good how much time is passing. There's not a good sense of that at all at any point. Um. So anyway, then we get to this point where where like uh, Beam sees this British lady who's nice to him. And she's like the one and only nice British person in the movie. <laughs> All of the other British people in the movie are absolutely vile. She's nice. Well, kind of, right? I mean, she's still kind of hanging out with a prisoner in the in that palace, right? She's got Molly. That's a good point. Yeah, right. Yeah, she. It's I mean, my point actually was Dan. I, she's nice. Oh, she's okay. not a good guy, but she's nice. Dan sure. Dan actually shot that to me in 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 a text, and. Oh. Like after that, all I could see was her being a dick. Like yeah. no matter how nice she was, I was like, "Oh, you're a dick." You know, you <laughs> yeah, you had a prisoner, and and you acted like she was just like just another thing in the house. You know, like yeah. So after her day of being nice to Indian people, she comes home, takes a load off by listening to this little slave girl sing songs to them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, or yeah. cry in the in, yeah. the in their prison, right? Yeah, yeah. behind our hey, stop, the stop bars. weeping. Stop weeping and sing me a song. <laughs> what do you, you you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. Now sing. Yeah. Yes. You know? I had a real uh, problem. I had a real problem. I don't want to jump off. I want you to keep going with the synopsis, but I, don't, I, I had a real problem with her being the love interest for uh, for being. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. And I, it, like the weird thing is, I don't know if she was so much the love interest as just kind of like. A passing fancy because again that that story stops it just it just stops she's in the end she's in the end of the movie she's part of the she is she's she's, she's the, the only i think she's the only end. one of the british people yeah that's in that end yeah um yeah she's the only one they even brought back didn't they bring back the dead guy the the dad like the, the dead 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 the yeah. dad he's dead yeah, but yeah. somehow he gets to you know do the dance and stuff. None of the British I, people were well, were, but I mean that that whole end, that whole song and dance routine at the end is clearly like it's not tied to the story. They're all wearing modern. It's basically like a music video mm -hmm. that they just slapped at the end of the movie. Yeah, you know, I think you could make the argument that she served more as a catalyst to bring Beam and Rom even it's, closer together. That was she. She was a speed bump to the plot. Is is what it it brought Rom. It 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 basically gave them a way to have this extended buddy building sequence. Yeah, like montage, uh, and and like it gave them a like. This is the basis of their friendship. Rom is gonna help beam be what he needs to be in order to be interesting to this lady you know uh and also serve the purpose of getting beam into the palace so that he could discover that's where molly was you know right so anyway so they they meet this uh this british lady um because her chauffeur who also was a british soldier didn't know how to start his motorcycle. And then so beam who's playing the part, like he's his cover while he's in Delhi is that he's a Muslim um, mechanic mechanic named Akhtar. <laughs> uh, 
And so like, he's the mechanic for this motorcycle. The soldier can't get it started. And uh, Beam's just like, oh, you didn't flip the choke, you know? You didn't pull the choke out. And he pulls the choke out and starts the motorcycle right up. And then the guy starts beating on him for making him look foolish. And then, you know, uh, uh, Jenny, Jenny is the nice lady, steps in and says, stop it. You know, what are you doing? You're crazy and don't don't be a douche kind of thing. (laughs) And and so he kind of falls for Jenny a little bit, but it's like an infatuation thing, you know. So there's this whole sequence of, of Ram is is teaching Beam how to be more modern, let's say more Western, so that he makes more sense to Jenny. And Jenny and he do things, and then Jenny invites Beam to this dance party at the palace. And then you're in and so she's dancing with Beam, and then you're introduced to Scott, who is I'm what he's I'm guessing the governor's son. Some yeah. You know, some nepotism hire of some sort. And Scott does not like at all the fact that Jenny is dancing with an Indian man. And so he goes out on the dance floor and he trips Beam while they're dancing. And Beam trips into a waiter who then knocks a whole bunch of uh, glasses of wine into another lady. And then Scott says a whole lot of very racist things it is horribly racist some of the shit that yeah is- yeah like really vile horribly racist things and then uh talks about how like these indians don't know how to dance and, and he does like all of this ridiculous like let me show you how to dance and he starts dancing the tango and the yeah. flamenco and a waltz you know, a waltz and and all of this stuff and then it turns into high school musical. Yeah. The nacho uh, dance. There's you have the nacho dance, which and nacho oh, apparently is called right in. Yeah. Apparently in right Hindi, because so I watched this movie in Hindi because the the uh, what Telugu. Tel, oh God, what is it? Telugu. Telugu. The Telugu. It wasn't an option on Netflix, which I yeah. found interesting. I found it God. interesting. That's like. It's the language it was filmed in. Why wouldn't it be available in that language? Actually, if I'm honest, I don't know why this is. I watched the first 25 minutes or so of this movie in uh, Portuguese. Hey, that was same thing happened here. Well, a couple minutes in, I'm like, okay, that's clearly uh, Portuguese. And I changed it over. And uh, like I, I kept thinking the whole time like this. This sounds a lot like Portuguese. <laughs> and then finally I looked at it and I was like, it's because it is. Anyway, well, so. Because yeah, I was listening but, to it too and I was just like, hey, that word is just like Spanish. Yeah, hey, can, can I understand Hindi? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? You know, Hindi was like Italian for me. Like I could almost listen to this whole thing. You know? Yeah. So I switched it over to Hindi and then you had the nacho dance because apparently the word apparent I'm guessing that nacho means dance in hindi i I think it does you know but you had this whole like it was this dance fight you had like a like and it was like a it was like something straight out of high school musical yeah by the way we've gone very long without complimenting the dancing in this movie because 
I can't think of any two American leading men that can dance the way these two no, men can. I I guarantee you not. And I mean, I don't know if either of them have a dance background or if they just worked their asses off to be able to do those those dance sequences. And like I'm I'll say like I don't know all that much about dance, but like the dance the maneuvers that they weren't were doing through this dance scene weren't particularly complicated or complex, but they were fast. fast. Like a they, lot of physicality. They, a lot of physicality. And and that's kind of the whole point of this this dance scene is this guy, the Scott, goes through all of these Western dances to kind of show off how cultured he is and how uncultured the Indians are. Mm-hmm. And then Rom and Beam get up and they're like, well, we'll show you a thing or two. And there's like there there's even like, a, um, you know, I'm assuming the black guy, the black drummer, I'm assuming let, let's assume he's African because mm-hmm. it's whatever. But like the this metal tray ends up on the 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 drum kit and yeah, Rom, Rom starts playing the him. drum kit and then he hands the drumsticks over to the 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 drummer and the drummer starts playing and they start doing this nacho dance which again like the it's not particularly complex but but super physical and yeah to your point they they had to work their asses off just to be able to do that because I can't, I guarantee you they didn't do that in one take. They had to spend oh my days. God. I would imagine they spent days, if not weeks filming that scene. Yeah. You know, Dude, um, a lot of that. And, and the whole point mm-hmm. of the nacho dance was to show like, Oh, we know how to dance. We have a whole culture of our own, you asshole. And also we're going to do this dance that is all about physicality and, and it's competitive. So like you, you think you're so cool and so hip, try to keep up motherfucker. Yeah. And, and it turns it literal dance fight, like not like physically fighting each other, but they're out dancing each other. Yeah. It was a and it was like at first when it turned into high school musical, I was like, well, this is come on. This is kind of cheesy. And then it evolved into this. No, they're actually like in a competition and I'm really impressed with how physical it is. And I, I loved it. By the end of the nacho dance, I was like, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> you know? Uh, and okay, we're, we're going on really long here. I, I, I'm getting really long winded. I'm sucking all the air out of the podcast. We're not even a third of the way through the movie yet. No, we're not. That's dude. the first hour. Literally, yeah. that's where I was planning on stopping. <laughs> oh, you know? And, and so, I don't know, like, so they do the nacho dance. Anyway, um, Rom try once to con- again I'm, is I'm gonna an amazing bro. It. Yeah, Rom, a total bro. Um, pretends to lose uh, the dance. So that pretends to lose the dance. Absolutely. Throws the dance and does it in a way that's like convincing. You know, he's the only one that knows that he threw the dance. Yeah. And it's, no and, wink. And then, you know, Jenny invites <laughs> beam to go home and have a cup of coffee with him and it's very yeah. sweet and 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 you know rom again ultimate bro he's like uh you guys go you know it's a two-seater you guys go uh, it's yeah. fine i'll be I'll walk fine home. and so so then 
they drive off. Rom sees a little splash of green paint on the back of the car that makes him. That's where he puts it together that holy shit, this guy, my best friend. Is the guy I'm hunting down, you know, and then he goes off to hunt down Beam's brother. Beam goes back to the palace with Jenny. And that's when he finds out where Molly is, because that's that's how he finds out Molly's in the palace. We get to Rom is interrogating and torturing Beam's brother. Beam's brother gets interrogated and tortured and then sticks a poisonous snake on Rom. Beam uh, comes back to tell his kind of crew like, oh, I found Molly. We have to make a plan to go get her. Then. Rom shows up like in the street, dragging himself along, you know, uh, in, infected with the snake venom. Beam saves him. And while he's in, like, takes takes Rom back to Rom's apartment, puts him in his bed, doctors him up and saves him. And he explains the whole situation. He's like, I'm here. I'm from this tribe. I'm here to rescue uh, apologizes Molly, for lying to him apologizes to rom for lying to him and then goes and picks a bunch of tigers and jaguars and <laughs> and deer and and bears on the palace and then rom shows up at the palace to stop uh beam and ultimately does like this, this this is like an epic fight sequence i feel mm-hmm. like it, it went on for at least 15 20 minutes it i'm not sure forever. yeah and you, you see know. the heartbreak in both of the men's face yeah having to fight one another yeah they're they're truly heartbroken and you can see it it's mm-hmm. very well done and very well acted you know you don't get that very much in an action movie it's well acted between these two and and the the whole fight scene ends up not being about necessarily driving the plot forward, not being about Beam rescuing Molly. That whole fight scene ultimately is about the heartbreak that both of them feel, you know. Uh, and and at the end of it, um, and I remember feeling so angry while I was watching it. Rom uses Beam's own like holy braid. Like he took, he he had this holy braid that he was wearing and he took it off and put it on Rom. And even like uh, one of his, his kind of co, uh, the people on his crew was like, you can't take that off. And he's like, no, he needs it more than I do. You know, takes it off, puts it, and then Rom uses that braid as kind of like a whip to kind of get it tangled around beam as he's about to kind of make a very dramatic rescue of molly and catches him yeah and prevents him from doing it and i got i re, i got so mad like you can't do that you can't use the thing that he blessed you with and gave up of come on you know like i i anyway beam then get, he's captured he's captured and they they take him out to flog him in front of everybody in delhi to make an example out of him and ram is the one who has to do the flogging 
and uh and the the governor basically demands that you know flog him until he kneels you know he he has to kneel and admit his crime and apologize before the flogging will stop and so rom starts flogging him at no point does he kneel um uh, he gets flogged to the point where he collapses a little bit but he's holding himself up without his knees touching the ground and then the the governor's wife who is really really awful yeah (laughs) just a disgusting person is like he's not kneeling and the governor loses his temper a little bit and and you know says you know well you keep at it until he kneels and then the wife out of nowhere produces this whip that has like nails in it like it's like a barbed wire whip yeah. basically. Apparently she carries that with her everywhere yeah, she goes. You know, <laughs> yeah. In a it's, it's it a would British fit thing. her character. I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing it's a British thing. And yeah, it would fit her character. She's very I, much like a dom, you know. I haven't looked up the wife, the the actress that played the wife, but I'm willing to bet she's not actually British and she might just be like Russian because her or, line delivery did not come across like a native I, English speaker. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the and I haven't looked into it. I spent a lot more time doing research into trying to make sense of Indian culture and Indian context than I did researching who the actors were. <laughs> yeah. But I would imagine because, uh, you know, I, like I've seen I've seen a surprising amount of other Indian movies, but uh, a, a lot of the actors that they get to play British people in like Indian movies and Chinese movies, mm-hmm. Hong Kong cinema Korean. and Thai and, and Korean, they, they're Australians. Yeah. Mm, a yeah, lot of the, the actors that play them. British are Australians. What was that, Edgar? Alison Duty is from me, uh, from Dublin, Ireland. Oh, oh okay. okay. All right. Pretty close. Yeah. So anyway, she throws down this horrific like, barbed whip, barbed whip. And says, whip him with this. She wants more blood. I want more blood. I wish. And she even keeps saying that. Like, I thought there'd be more blood, you know? (laughs) And so Rom starts whipping Beam with this really vicious barbed whip. And then Beam starts singing a song. Yeah. Yeah. He starts singing a song. And every time he gets whipped, he sings louder, you know? And and they they do a, a bunch of other horrible things to him like they stretch him out with a giant weight on his ankles and and then it, he finally collapses but when he collapses it sets off a riot in the streets and all of these indians who are there watching this spectacle go just go nuts and they 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 kind of win realistically i mean like they wipe out all of the imperial police that are there and they uh, basically chase the British back into the behind the, the safety of the palace walls, you know? I think one part we forgot to cover, because I think it happens before that, is we finally see Rom's backstory. And we uh, see that... Does Rom, it happen before that, or does it happen after the whipping? No, it does. It happens right before the whipping. Uh, we, we get the, okay. All right. Because I was going to do that next. Yeah. But you you know what? One of you two take over because I'm I'm tired of sucking up all the air. <laughs> no, it's been very over? thorough. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you can take over if you like uh, or lechuga. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, I'll do. Did this you just dox lechuga? Yeah, I just gave everybody dox lettuce. Yeah, yeah. His social security number is no. I'm just 
My God. Uh, yeah. So we find we come to find out that Rom is not just some ultra patriotic like uh, he bleeds the colors of the British flag here. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that his father was in the British Army, and then he saw the British Army be especially grotesque towards yeah. an Indian commoner. He throws away his uniform as a British and soldier. It, it was basically the same thing as the what happened to Molly's mom. And it was exactly the same the guy. Same. It was the governor yeah. mm-hmm. who, who gives the same speech to, you know, they're, they're, they're executing a criminal. And he gives the same speech to the soldier who's about to execute him about the, the Indian life isn't worth a bullet. Exactly. In another way, you know. So Ram's father quits as a serviceman in the British military. And because of that speech that the governor gave, he then steals a giant crate of bullets and he imparts to his village and to Ram specifically that in order for them to win this war against the British, they need guns. They need guns in everyone's hands. The British then show up to attack Ram's father. At the time, Ram looks like he's maybe six or seven years old. I don't remember if they said his age at that time, but he's a little boy. And but a, a hell of a shot. Yeah. So Ram's father had been training the people in the village how to fight, except they were using wooden guns, fake guns, because they don't have guns, but at least so they know how to handle them and how to aim and stuff. And then Ram steals his father's gun because his father was the only one that had a real rifle and behind his back goes out for target practice. Ram's father finds out he's at first upset, but then he finds out that Ram is an impeccable marksman. And then that's around the time when the British show up to kill Ram's father and the rest of the people in the village. Uh, Ram's father uh, goes on this one last stand by himself with the gun while his mother, Ram's mother, is gathering up the village people so they can escape while Ram's father's holding off all these British soldiers. The British. It's another another one of the fight scenes where they, they really drive home that theme of like one guy versus the entire British Empire, basically. Mm -hmm successful too and the rom's father has uh these set of of instructions that he always gives rom and the rest of the people in the village and it's load aim fire rom's father instructs him on to do this so that rom can also use the gun to shoot these uh british soldiers Uh, in the meantime the soldiers shoot and kill rom's mother he sees it happen they then also shoot rom's father a couple times rom's dad is bleeding out so he hands the gun to rom and he's instructing him to load, aim, fire as Ram is picking off the British soldiers. Uh, however, there's too many of them and they're, uh, you know, gaining ground on them. You see, you see Ram's father stand up, leap in front of the British soldiers. He then takes off his robe. You come to see that he has dynamite strapped around his waist. He then instructs Ram to uh, aim, load, fire. Ram then shoots his own dad to make the dynamite go off and kill the yeah. British soldiers that were there. Yeah. So you come to see that the British have killed both of Ram's parents. Mm-hmm. That's the reason he's so obsessed with infiltrating the British. And his ultimate end plan is to then steal all the weapons the British have at this palace or fort or whatever yeah. and give it back to the villagers to then take down the villagers. Yeah. So and so you also see he's on this multi-year. Yes. Almost like DC Comics kind of mission, you know, <laughs> it is quite an like, origin story. And and it's 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 like I was expecting to see some kind of origin story for him, 
like where it's it's going to turn like you're going to find out that he's actually you know a, a decent guy and then we got it and it was so much heavier than i was yeah. expecting and, it to be like and you, you see, blew like, your dad up with dynamite dude like because wow. when you're watching what rom is doing to beam when he's torturing and flogging beam and uh, doing w- everything he did to stop beam from rescuing molly you're thinking like, what could redeem Ram at this point? Yeah. Because even if it turns out he's a good guy, he's doing awful things to this right. guy that's his best friend. Yeah. Then you come to find out like Ram was instructed to and willing to kill his own father to yeah. stop the British. So yeah. of course he'd be willing to do this to his friend because he's already come right. this far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then and- it kind of goes back on that later on. Right. Because he's learned that he has to be this way in order to achieve his goal that he he might have to hurt people that he loves in order to get yeah yeah but he kind of later on kind of learns a new path he learns a new a new thing about that i don't want to because of uh the song that beam sang so yeah after the whole whipping thing beam gets taken away and they're going to hang him and he comes to this whole uh rom comes to this whole understanding he gets has this realization of oh my god i've lost who i am i've lost sight of what i'm trying to do here and i was so focused on on fulfilling this this mission which my dad told me put a weapon in everybody's hand you know and he he says it was like the words are like i don't need to put a weapon in everybody everybody's hand i saw it yesterday beam turned everybody into weapons Mm -hmm. you know and i love this movie i love it i love (laughs) it emotional (laughs) (laughs) cry dad am i not am i the are you the like the first person to cry other than me because i know i mean i'm i'm I'm, i am getting emotional and it's because like like if this was an american movie you know it would be like put a weapon in everybody's hand and you know like they're, they're they're be so many guns that you know nobody will ever invade us because all of us have guns and we're gonna blah 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 bullshit you know and this the this rrr like yeah he wants to put a gun in everybody's hand but he realizes it's not the gun it's the people it's not the weapons it's the will yeah. you know and that's the more important thing and i it yeah, yeah, I, I there, there are things about this movie that I did definitely did have problems with that. You know, I, I didn't love everything about this movie, but uh, taken as a whole, I, I do love it. Well, and uh, going back to the idea that the song inside it, you know, got all the people excited and got them like he can realize, oh, I can use the people. The people can can <clears throat> with the revolution. Right. Yep. It's, it's going back to the idea of brotherhood. You know, like one guy can do a lot, right? As mm-hmm. has been the point for every part of this movie, both Ram and Raj, uh, or both Beam and Ram, are super powerful characters in this story. They're superhuman, right? They fight tigers. They fly through the air. They, yeah, all that awesome stuff. Separately, they're amazing, but together, together they're more powerful and i guess that together they're unstoppable they're unstoppable they're he's beginning to learn maybe it's not about the guns yeah they still get the guns right but it's not even just about the guns it's about the people it's about getting everyone together it's about the unity 
It's about it's unity. about the unity and it's about the will. And Beam is Beam is basically Rom is the weapon. Beam is the will. The bullet. You know? And anyway. Anyway, keep telling the story. Yeah, go go for it, Lechuga. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we're pretty much at this point we are actually nearing the end. Um Beam, then, well, actually, now I'm kind of hazy as to how we so get to the point. Beam then puts together this whole scheme to uh, to rescue, or not Beam, uh, Ram puts yes, together this okay, whole yes. scheme there you go. to rescue Beam, right? And he's the one that yeah. gets... He, and Molly. He, and to Molly. rescue Beam and Molly. And so he figures out, like, uh, he, he gets himself put in charge of hanging Beam. Yes. And he makes the recommendation, you know, let's not hang him here in the city, basically, because you'll just start another riot is kind of what he tells the governor. Let's let's take him and we're, we're going to hang him out uh, on the river by the river. And that way we can dispose of the body and, and there won't be any any rioting, you know, and to to give you the the vindictive victory that you need to the governor you know the 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 governor who's just evil you know to give you that sense of vindictive victory we're going to hang him in front of molly so that you know molly has to see it you know uh and the governor goes for it but but um rom basically uh sabotages the whole thing like he sabotages the the guns that the soldiers have he removes the firing pins um he sets up some kind of traps and and things along the way and like right as they're about to enter this trap that he set with a tree a palm tree the governor gets wise and sees what what's going to happen and so rom's driving a car with molly in the back seat uh and he 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 has kind of rigged this palm tree so that when he triggers when he triggers it it's going to fall on the governor's car well the governor sees it and tells his driver to speed up and so when when Ram triggers the tree to fall, it does fall the car, but it just catches the very back end of it. And then the governor kind of leaps out of the car. A very, very kind of DC supervillain, you know, yeah. leaps out of the car, catches a rifle in midair, shoots the back end of Ram's car. Ram's car flies off the road and explodes. And he gets like pitched into a tree and like a, tree branch impales him through the back yeah you know doesn't kill him and doesn't even seem to like like well, it slows do him down serious a bit. i mean it slowed him down for a few steps that's about it but then then um there's a whole sequence oh, this on. is this this oh, is on. the fight scene that that, that lechuga was talking about earlier where where like rom takes out like he tangles up five guys yeah in in one move you know <laughs> Well, I want to take a step back. Hold up. So, like, so this tree falls on on that white dude's car, right? And mm -hmm. this British dude flies up into the air. Like Let's call him the man. 
the man from now on. Okay. Let's just call, call him the man. We'll call him the man. The man flies up into the air, and he's like an older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. and and uh, doesn't look super athletic to me, but somehow managed to have the athleticism and the coordination to catch to not only jump into the air straight up, but like grab a grab a rifle a rifle that was also flying out of the car at the same time yeah. because everybody drives convertibles back then and so this guy's flying up in the air catches the gun in the air and shoots has the coordination to cat the, to get the gun uh, and shoot a he's, car he's kind of a super villain yeah like you know they they kind of build him up as a super villain yeah so, like an anime villain like it was too it was totally like Total, totally like, okay, that's crazy. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> but you, but you, you're willing to like go, go with it because, like, yes, but the whole movie's crazy. Yeah, the whole movie's crazy, but I was accepting most of it. <laughs> but that, that was, that was one step too far for that, you. That yeah. went too far for me. That's dude, the part where Edgar's like, oh, pff, ridiculous. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Done with this. <laughs> Fuck this movie. No, dude flew up in the air, shot the yeah. car. And that was already like, okay, uh, sure, right? I'm, I'm yeah. not going along with it. One bullet. One bullet to the car. tire. And yeah. it hits the car. I don't know where he hits the car. To me, but the, but the, the car flies. The car, like, yeah. flies off the road. <laughs> it does, like, nine tire? flips. Exactly. Yeah. What yeah. is in that tire? Like, is it? <laughs> Hydrogen. <laughs> yeah. Is it an atomic bomb? Yeah. Is it an yeah. it fill the air in the car in the in these tires with the Yeah, at, the, at this point in history, the British used to fill their tires with TNT. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It made it more stable. Flew the car flew up into the air. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is in that bullet? What happened? Yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. And I remember, yeah, I mean, I had the same thing, but I I, w- I was I was uh, it was a lot easier for me by that point to be like, yeah, yeah, what, whatever. No, I, yeah. I was like, you guys are getting tired of riding. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was down with him fighting tigers. I was down with, with them, like, fighting each other in the air. I was down with all the crazy animal shit that was happening at that, at that little palace thing. Like, mm-hmm. all that, I ate it all up. That was amazing. I loved it all. It was great. None of it took me out of the movie. The dancing took me a little bit out of the movie. That was like that's some bullshit. <laughs> that's nice. some bullshit. So, Never mind all the other shit that happened in this movie. Yeah, you find yeah. Air shooting a car and then the car flipping ten times. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, no white dude has that kind of uh, coordination. <laughs> oh, harsh, harsh. You're Polish. You're off white. You don't. I'm off white. <laughs> that's a great descriptor yeah. there. Oh man. But yeah, no. Anyway, like, (laughs) well, so so yeah, the car flips. Molly and and Rom get thrown out of the car. Rom gets thrown into a tree and impaled by a branch. But, you know, it only it slows him down for a couple of steps. Yeah. And then he goes running into the clearing where they're going to going to hang beam. We forgot to mention that uh, Rom's uncle, who kind of has been along with him for the whole time, slipped a, a razor blade to beam in the police truck and so Mm -hmm. beams up there and he's like sawing away at at his bonds around his wrist while he's standing there waiting to get hung and then all this shit goes down and so rom's running through the forest to kind of catch all of these british soldiers before they can do whatever they're going to do and that's when they all start pointing their guns at beam and they find out that 
the guns don't work because Rom sabotaged them. Mm-hmm. And so Beam just starts bludgeoning, just going to town, just beating the shit out of people. And then Rom kind of makes it through and he starts beating the shit out of people. And then one of the soldiers kind of fixes his guns, gun and gets a bead on Beam. And there's this scene where where Rom is running behind Molly. Molly's running to Beam. Beam is so happy to see Molly. And Rom's got his gun raised because he sees the soldier behind Beam getting ready to shoot. And so he takes this shot and it kind of whizzes past Beam's ear, basically. And it hits the soldier right in the face. But, um, but Beam sees him, basically what he sees is Rom running at him with his gun raised, you know? And so Beam pummels Rom into the ground, just pummels him and then is about to kill him with a stick and does it. You know, he drives the stick into the ground next to his head and then runs off with Molly uh, in into the into the wild. And then, you know, Rom gets captured. Yeah. So, uh, Lechuga, why don't you go ahead and finish the the end part of this? Because this part is, is like the biggest kind of epiphany for everybody, right? Like everybody figures out everything. And yeah. So, like, why okay. don't you go ahead and, and uh, finish up and then we can... Uh, no, from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the pod is almost reaching the length of the movie itself now. Yeah, right. We're getting, we're getting, a, we're we're getting on, and I, yeah, I, um, I probably have like fifteen minutes left in me. So, we're Rom, close for the end. Yeah, Rom gets captured. Uh, he gets thrown in a cell. The punishment will be they're only going to feed him enough to keep him alive long and enough so to that he suffer. can feel pain so he can feel pain eventually they're going to execute him but they just want to prolong his pain beam and molly and the rest of beam's crew have made it out they've kind of regrouped in this home of sorts that has other insurrectionists there and other uh, village people there one of the people that happens to be in that home is rom's girlfriend or wife we're not really sure of the relation right fiance it's fiance, yeah. fiance oh yeah that's right fiance she happens to be there as well. Rom had previously told Beam about her and her name. I think, what was her name? Pretty? Uh, no. Preta? Uh, C- C- Sita? Oh, Sita. Yeah. I think Sita? Sita. Sita? Yeah, I think it's Sita. Well, we'll go with Sita for now until we figure yeah. it out. Beam knows of the existence of Sita. Sita. And throughout yeah, this Sita. time, Rom has been writing letters back home because he's now been gone for over four years from the village. He hasn't seen her either for over four years. So she knows of the existence of Beam as well. And she knows of their friendship. She also knows that Rom has had this change of heart and realized everyone doesn't need a gun to be useful, that the person himself themselves can be uh, the weapon and that he came to this uh, epiphany because of Beam. So she knows the importance of Beam's friendship to Rom. However, she doesn't know what Beam looks like. And likewise, Beam has no idea what Sita looks like either. Eventually, British soldiers show up to this home in search of Beam. They're making their way to Beam. That is when Sita steps in, pretends that she has monkeypox, which, you know, <laughs> very topical yeah. that they chose well, that. Smallpox. Uh, small oh, smallpox. Yes, yes. Smallpox. My mistake. <laughs> monkeypox. I have it on my mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she pretends that she has smallpox. 
She convinces the soldiers that the rest of the people in the home also have smallpox. The soldiers freak out. And before they're able to ID Beam, they evacuate and leave the people there to die. Beam then comes up to her and is like concerned. He's like, oh, you have smallpox like he wants to help. And then she tells him, no, I, I don't. I just wanted them to leave us alone. That's when the two of them finally put two and two together. Sita comes to realize that Beam is Rom's best friend. Beam figures out that Sita is, you know, Rom's fiance. She explains to Beam and Beam's friends and family why Rom has done everything he has done. Beam then realizes like, oh, Rom was on an even bigger mission than I was on. The, what Rom yeah. needs to do yeah. is even more important than what I wanted to do. That's when Rom de- or Beam decides, I need to go back. I need to rescue Rom and I need to help him fulfill his mission. That is when Beam raids the British compound. At this point, Rom has been thrown into a well of sorts. It's like a well with like uh, with bars it, it, over it so he can't it's get like, out. Like a box dug into the ground with, yeah. with a bar like a hatch over it. Yeah, it's like the the worst kind of jail cell you can imagine. Kind of like uh, in Django Unchained, when Jamie yeah. Foxx's wife gets thrown into that box just to be in the sweltering heat kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what Rom is in. Beam shows up. He finds him. Uh, they find each other by pounding on the ground, right? Yeah. The, I, was it the beat to the Nacho song? I, I think, think it was. I think, I think it, it was, was too. Yeah. I hope it was. It was so long was. ago by that point. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, it was like two hours but, later. Yeah. So beam, cause the soldiers are clearly guarding the area and this is at, this is all happening at night. They have a spotlight trained over the different wells that's moving around. Uh, cause there's more than one holding cell like this. So beam needs to figure out which one Ram is in without just walking over them and being like, Ram, are you in there? So he starts pounding the beat to the Nacho song. <laughs> Rom hears it. He pounds it back. That's how Beam figures out which hole Rom is in. He goes there. So overcome with the emotion of seeing Rom again, he then uses that adrenaline he gets and he tears the, the bars off the concrete that have yeah. Rom sealed in this hole with his bare hands. He tears it off. Rom has been tortured for so long at this point, his legs are pretty much gone. He has his legs, but he can't stand under his own power. So we then reach this climax of Rom climbing onto the shoulders of Beam. We examined this this scene in, in pretty thorough detail earlier. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's great. They 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 take the whole fort by storm with (laughs) by playing chicken. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Uh, It's also similar to uh, another movie we reviewed, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once with the raccoonies. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about like, hey, that's (laughs) the Ratatouille reference. (laughs) So Rom becomes Beam's raccoonie. They then use the power of friendship and love to defeat the British soldiers take everyone down in the compound this this battle wages not only in the compound eventually it finds its way into the jungle out there beam finds a statue that they had prayed yeah. to earlier in the movie it's a Just, temple it's like yeah a, and there's a bow with in the statue's yeah. hand i i don't remember what god the statue represents so i apologize for that but the statue of the god is holding an actual bow and it also has actual arrows 
So Beam tries to take them to use them against the British soldiers. He then gets overwhelmed. We lose sight of Rom. We then find Rom again. This time he is wearing traditional garb and he is using the bow and arrows and his amazing marksmanship to then take out all the British soldiers. It also gives Beam a chance to get away from the ones that had overwhelmed him. And he is now also kicking ass. We have the signature scenes of Beam stopping a motorcycle with his foot. The motorcycle (laughs) then flips in the air. Beam catches it. He then uses the motorcycle as a baseball bat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Starts beating the shit out of British soldiers with it. (laughs) And then he rides that same motorcycle while Rom is riding a horse. Yes. And then there's another... There's another scene where where Rom just does like like three quick hand signals and Beam's like, yes, I know, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. <laughs> and it's like this this extremely complicated he like what 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 he communicated with these hand signals. And it's it's like two hand signals. It's like, you know, and that's <laughs> it. And and Beam's like, yes. And it, it basically Beam kind of like ghost rides the motorcycle so that it flies up in the air and goes, makes it over the wall of this palace. Yes. And then Rom shoots the gas tank with a flaming arrow. The motorcycle bursts into flames as the motorcycle is falling. Yes. Yeah. Falling into where all the arms and grenades and guns are stored. It crashes through into the magazine of this fort, this palace, and sets it all on fire. And the whole place just goes up, (laughs) you know, and and it's and it's another it's like there is no way I would have gotten that from those hand signals. There's no way. <laughs> but being like these guys, their friendship is just so strong. You know, I would just be like, what dude? you want to get on my back again? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to, I'm up for that. Let's do yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, like it's, I, it makes me think like you ever hear of like, what is it? The Aztecs or the Mayans used to have this whistling thing that they would do. And that's how they would communicate you know, between mountains or whatever, you know, in, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, like, like yes, yeah, masters of acoustics, by the way, were they? Yeah, that that's not even a joke. They no. had a very advanced understanding of acoustics. Wow. So, yeah, they whistling was a very big part of the communication. Yeah. So, like, like, this is kind of like that where it's almost magic. Yeah. Know? They said whole sentences, whole phrases, directions, everything. Yeah. With, Hands with three whistles. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish with, Ikea would do that for us, you know, like yeah. just kind of show us a few hand signals. I know how to put this shit. And, and like the hand signals that he's doing are kind of like, they're not, frankly, they're not that far off from like the three stooges. Like, <laughs> like the hand signals that is, it's not that far off from when like, when like Curly like snaps his fingers. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Curly mixed with like what the dudes holding the flags at an airport are doing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Somehow uh, pilots understand that. So yeah, maybe so, there is some basis in reality there. Uh, but any, anyway, so they, they, they blow up the whole palace <laughs> and, and beam kind of like pulls out like these giant shipping containers filled with rifles. Oh, so yeah. like, so they've, they've achieved their goals, you know, and then, and then the, the, uh, the governor 
has to see his wife dead tangled up in in wreckage and barbed wire after the whole metal is fuck by the way yeah Yeah. that looked like something you would have seen like on a slayer t-shirt or something yeah that was and it it was again like clearly there there's no love lost between between you know the indian and the british based on this movie like they they the filmmakers really reveled in the idea of like a, a, a this british woman tangled up in barbed wire and and explosion debris and just very graphically dead you know and, and she then, deserved it you know, I don't she, think anyone felt bad she absolutely deserved it yeah uh, and then uh, Rom shoots the governor with an arrow as the governor's trying to get a rifle, you know, and then uh, gives the governor the governor's own speech about the value of a bullet and then talks beam through the load, aim, shoot, you know, and beam shoots the governor dead. Quite and then they have the uh, very happy song and dance uh, <laughs> at the end. That's all about, you know, Indian nationalism. And and so, like, if if there was a problem that I had with this movie and it's like I, I, it's not a problem that I feel like I have any right to have, you know, um, but the problem I have that, that I would say I had is, OK, if I was watching again. If this was an American movie, I I don't like the chest thumping, the flag waving, the jingoism, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's really unnecessary, you know, like um, but um, so. So, you know, when when I see movie like movies like Rambo Last Blood, which is just like like ultimate like if you've seen it it's nothing but like flag waving and and american ball flexing is what it is or top gun or top gun i i'll say this i feel like this latest top gun yeah it it is it's a it's a flex balls kind of thing (laughs) but it's definitely not as jingoistic as the first oh no i meant the first one oh (laughs) yeah yeah, okay yeah the first like Yeah. And, and like, I don't have a lot of patience for that. I don't think it's particularly healthy. I don't think it's a good no. mindset to have the especially by the time that it gets to the end of the movie and they do the song and dance at the end. And like you're reading, you know, and who knows how accurate the translation is uh, in the subtitles, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like there, there's no denying that there's a lot of Indian nationalism in this movie. But it's a good uh, reflection of where India is right now, because that has definitely swept through yeah. the country and yeah. is parroted by their current uh, president. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's in a lot of ways, like it's very similar to Trumpism, you know? Yes. And and so like the and look, there's look, I don't have any problem with anybody having pride in their culture or pride in their nationality. But like, there's, there's a point where it's like destructive and, and you're, you know, America first kind of stuff. And like, that's the, the vibe that I was getting off of this film by the end of it. But I like, I don't feel like it's my place to judge that because I'm not Indian and I've not lived in the culture. So I can't really criticize 
you know, the, their wave of nationalism per se. You know, it does. I, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable, though, and not not in a sense like I don't think Indians should have that perspective more in a sense of I don't think anybody should have that perspective. Exactly. I was going to say before you even uh, express any of that, that was also my one criticism. I mean, there's small nitpicks, but that was the only big criticism I had, because as the movie would played out, it sucked me. It sucked me in. It opened my eyes mm-hmm. to uh, this whole range of uh, movie making that I, I would have probably never paid attention to or would have sought out. And it made me feel like, oh, man, I should start checking out more like Hollywood movies. Yeah. Uh, and then when we get towards the end and the nationalism is really kind of pounded in your face, it was when I uh, felt instead of like, I need to consume more of this to I kind of feel a little unwelcome now because yeah. uh, this is clearly not yeah. for me. I don't I don't know that I I can totally see how you would feel that way. I didn't feel that like I didn't feel like oh, this isn't for me. I felt like the message was kind of like, the, okay, the message isn't for me, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not Indian, you know, I didn't, but like, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was being exclusive or it was trying to, to throw it in, in my face that, you know, I'm not Indian or I just felt like it, I started off the movie going back to that feeling of, of like, we need more of these kind of cross-cultural injection, you know, more like, like really appreciating the, the, the opportunity to see more cultures and feel more context and feel more perspectives from different cultures that I may not be particularly familiar with. And that was really eye-opening and I loved it so much. And then you get to the end of the movie and it's like, Oh, so this whole movie was just about flat waving the, the Indian flag and beating your chest. And that felt a little bit of a letdown because I start it started from a point of being like, this movie is opening my eyes to Indian culture in a deeper way that other Indian movies that I've watched haven't managed to do for me. Mm-hmm. And then again, like you get to the end of it and it's just it's basically, oh, so this is Indian Top Gun. And it that was a bit of a letdown. Now I'm not going to let that ruin the movie for me and I'm not going to let it, let it ruin the experience that like I, I, it did. It made me emotional. You guys saw it like, uh, and, and just that sense of like appreciating a totally different culture and a totally different perspective in a way that I hadn't before. This is the film that did it. And yeah, the end, that for me not being Indian was a bit of a letdown, you know, that criticism aside, it does not ruin the movie for me. I still Mm -hmm. loved it. And just like you, it felt a little bit of a letdown because I felt that uniting message throughout the movie. It could be a global message. Yeah. But then to then isolate it like that, um, I don't know. I think it kind of took away from the power of it. It does. It, 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 it subtracts. Yeah. From the the power, because the whole message is about unity. But then that ending song, like the ending song and dance sequence and the lyrics of that song, at least the the way they're translated, it kind of you've gotten all the way through the three hours of this movie. And the whole thing is about the power of unity 
and, and then it's yeah but unity only if you're indian and yeah. it, like and that was kind of like ow ow you know so, it could very well have been how it got the movie got made i mean we don't know who funded the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe by adding that they were able to get more funding from indian investors or the indian government who knows um yeah. right yeah who who knows or you know again like hey if there's this big wave of of nationalism sweeping through india right now well that's going to get reflected in the pop culture you know it's true so i didn't get the i got some of that nationalism feeling throughout the movie and um just from the very get me personally well i was I was struggling to watch the movie only because I knew this movie wasn't really for me because mostly not because it's in the end, not because the kind of racism, all that stuff. None of that bothered me. I felt the movie wasn't for me because it's a musical. So I was, I was forcing Mm -hmm. myself to watch the movie from the very beginning because it's a musical. There's very few musicals. I actually really, really, really like. Uh, in the Heights is one of my favorite right now. So watching this one, I made myself sit through those musical numbers in some cases. Dude, yeah. In the Heights is like a straight musical. That is way more of a musical than yeah. this. More musical. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I think it's fantastic, but that's a different topic, different movie. But anyway, um, but I I'll watch that movie time and time again. This one, I don't know if I'll watch again. It's three hours, and it's- I don't know that I'll watch it again. I mean, there I might watch parts of it again. Yeah, but I don't know that I would ever watch it from beginning to end in one sitting. Mm-hmm. I, I I already haven't done that, and I don't <laughs> think I'm I'm ever going to. Yeah. But I mean, there there are definitely I can say with one hundred percent confidence, there are parts of this movie that I'm going to revisit just because. Uh, when's the last time I'll put it to you this way. When's the last time you watched a movie that inspired you to go out and do research about it? Because now you're interested. Now you're drawn in. Now you want to know who these characters and you want to know more about a culture that you've never particularly explored or been motivated to explore much about, you know, And this is from the standpoint of like, I have Indian friends. I've been to Indian weddings, you know, I, and even with all that, like, I've never been like the, well, I'm interested to learn more, you know, and I feel shitty saying that right now, you know, but like, I've never been interested to learn more about that culture. I'm 45 minutes of this movie was just like, it, it was like, I need to learn more about this just so that I understand what's happening here and understand what I'm seeing, you know, and that's powerful. Like that's, that is an amazing, you know, not that inspiring, not my cousin, Dan uh, is, is that big a deal to anybody, but like you, I can't be the only person who had that reaction to this movie. Oh, I absolutely had the same reaction. I was like, I need to know more about just this history of the, point in time when this was happening and from that standpoint the writers the directors the actors because it's really well acted yeah you know everybody involved in making this movie from that standpoint that is so much more of a success than any dollar amount that you that that you know some schmuck sitting on his sofa in milwaukee 
could watch 45 minutes of this movie and then decide, okay, I'm going to spend three days reading about Indian history and the British Raj and who these characters are based on and learning about all the context and learning things about cultural differences within India and the splitting of this region and that region and, and how all of the symbolic, you know, I'm yeah. carrying on, but like, this is going to sit on the list of, of favorite movies of mine just because of that. If, if it could inspire me to take that much interest and do all of that extra, you know, basically do homework. Yeah. Dude, it's a successful homework. movie, you know, history homework of all things. No, right. That's a, that's a successful movie right there. That's you. Congratulations. So, did a great job. <laughs> You know, the point I was trying to make about nationalism and, and how I kind of missed that point was because the very end piece is more music. Did you so, skip it? So no, I oh. played it. I played it. I just didn't like you I didn't. Was, you weren't paying attention. Yeah, I wasn't reading all of it, but I did get that some of it is like, oh, there's a lot of like, you know, you know, India stuff in here. OK, whatever. You know, yeah. but I didn't get it like you guys. Yeah. So like I'm saying, no, there, there's a lot of stuff in there about like mm -hmm. we pled for this flag and don't forget that. It's Ooh. kind of aggressive. Yeah. It's it, and for for all of that, like super up. The music is super upbeat. Yeah. And the dancing is upbeat. The colors and the colors and there's smiling faces and everybody's having a good time. But the lyrics are really aggressive. Well, they, they really. Were, they also mentioned like these people in history too, right? And I'm like, yeah, who, who are these people? Like I want yeah. to like, research these people. But that's all I got. I'm like, oh, they're they're paying tribute to you know people in history. Okay, cool. You yeah. know what it reminded me of is um, when China hosted the Olympics. Uh, God, I can't remember what year. Maybe 2008. Um, and they had that opening ceremony where they had hundreds of drummers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a like impressive showing of just power because of the amount of just the bass coming off the drums and in unison yeah. it. They and rightfully so, they were worried that the rest of the world would see that as a form of aggression. So they told the drummers to smile as they did yeah. it. So yeah. it didn't, I still, it was very, very intimidating seeing yeah. it. Sure. But they, they were smiling. So it's like, oh, okay, I guess they're not being aggressive. It's kind of <laughs> like that last song where they're smiling, they're dancing, it's cheerful, they're wearing these beautiful, vibrant colors. But then as you're reading the lyrics, you're like, what is this is what this song's about? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was off putting. It was certainly off putting. Uh, that's all I can say that like that's the only way in which maybe the movie let me down. And I guess the the one note British characters, just like in Once Upon a Time in China or just like in e even uh, um, another perfect example of that is um, Ung Bak. Like mm -hmm. just like the Western characters, the British characters or the American characters are almost always super one note. There, there's there's no no depth to them. They're just cartoon bad guys to a degree that lets me down, you know, only because they're nobody's a cartoon bad guy. Like real, realistically, nobody's just bad to be bad. You know, there are a lot of people who who do bad things and do ugly things and, and perpetrate evil they when they do they're not just doing it to be dicks you know and and so like to a degree that lets me down 
Now, again, getting back to the point of stepping outside of the context of viewing this movie through the lens that I would view a Western film, it doesn't bother me as much, mm. you know, because there's a point behind that. Yeah. There's a point behind that, that, hey, let's look at history. Yeah. The British ruled India with an iron fist. Yeah. They had no business doing it. Stripped it of it all for, its resources. And and all of it uh, and stripped the Indians of all their dignity, you know. And so, mm -hmm. yes, that's like to a degree. There is validity to that point of view and there's validity to the way that the british are depicted in this film you know and so like you step outside of that kind of expecting the sophistication of all of the characters to be fully fleshed and and whatnot and and understand there's a point behind the film there's a there's a reason this story is getting told this way and so i can kind of it, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. You know, it doesn't there's take a, me out of the movie. Yeah. There's it, a moment where beam speaks directly to that. Um, and it's, I, I believe beam is talking to his uncle and it's before they've figured out where Molly is or rescued or anything. And beam is discussing how the British could be doing this. And he says, don't the British, aren't they mothers as well? Don't they yeah. have children of their own? How could they do this to someone else's child? And I think that's, what you're saying, Dan, in which considering what the British have done to the Indian people, why would they even try to figure out what their motivations are when yeah. all they're seeing is the consequence of their motivations? Yeah. So to them, they are cartoon villains. Who else would do these things? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's just like how I, I've got to imagine I'm trying to think of a good example and I'm, I want to be careful, you know, but it, it's just like in America, you know, white people should very frankly be depicted as cartoon villains. If if, if, you, if I was watching a, a, a film made by from the perspective of Native Americans or like made from the like a historical film made from the perspective of uh, African-Americans, like I would expect the depiction of white people to be cartoon villains because seriously in the, in just in, in the context of who treats people like this, you've got to be a cartoon villain. It doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it, like, like, some of the atrocities that, you know, committed upon Native Americans and African Americans and basically anyone who's non-white in the, in the history of this country, like, if you don't think of white people as being cartoon villains, there's no other way that you can possibly understand how that could happen. I, Am I making sense? No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? I just don't. I, I, that's the part that kind of does bother me and like the cartoon villain thing um i i don't i i there's there's a couple thoughts that i have on that and it's mostly like uh from a movie making perspective it's lazy writing um you are not thinking about the motivations of each character and therefore that's why they come off as cartoonish because you you've dropped yeah. any kind of underlying motivation or any kind of, of goal that they have. Well, and that's that's exactly what I was trying to speak to when I was saying that maybe I was a little bit let down by that. But I think I wonder, you know, I am forced to wonder because 
you know, these aren't the writers aren't lazy, you know, the yeah. and, and so like maybe it's on purpose. It's on purpose to to make this exact suggestion that Lechuga is making and that I'm trying to kind of elaborate on is maybe it's done on purpose. Like we are oversimplifying these characters to communicate the frustration that generations of Indians had to feel like how, how could other humans treat us like this? Yeah. Well, they must not be whole humans. They must be just these one note cartoon villains because otherwise, how do you, how do you make sense of it? You know? Yeah. And, and that's, and unfortunately that's not the case. I mean, nobody is that simple. Like nobody, I'm just going to be evil to be evil. No, they, they yeah. Have, right. They yeah. Have, you know, they, they might want to, go up in uh, position they might want to get more money they mm -hmm. they're trying to but somebody else's wife yeah. whatever it is that they're trying to do they have a reason for it however personal and mm -hmm. selfish it may be um especially when it comes to being evil you know or yeah depicting. yeah yeah no there's there's like no such thing as just like a purely evil person even the worst villains in history thought they were doing something virtuous yes you know they they did what they did because in their perspective of the universe it had virtue yes they and, didn't think that they're doing evil yeah you know? and those characters are more as complex as they are they're more interesting right and yeah and totally so, uh, i think i i don't know if it's on purpose i want to give them a little more room than that i think that they just you know, some of the motivations they could have used is lost to history, right? Like, yeah, sure. Personally, what these people will, will, were going through, not from the side of the Indians, nor the side of the British. I'm not saying the British was right, were right in this at all. Please yeah. don't take that. Well, no, like, like this, this movie, RRR is like a direct follow up to Once Upon a Time in China, just on that that note alone the way that the british are portrayed mm -hmm. it, it, like they just took the same characters from one movie and put them in the other yeah and it's because they're these one note you know like the governor scott uh or whatever the governor's name was like it doesn't matter what his name was he's british aristocracy yeah you know british british aristocrat british soldier you know like they're they're bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to believe that part of the way that that went into making the movie it was was like at some point the movie makers are trying to be like to the British audience, like you just don't get it. This is what you look like to us. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's that that had to be more than just we're going to be lazy writers and we're going to make these one note villains there had to be like 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 a, a motivation of we keep trying to tell you and you're not hearing it this is what you look like to us you know That's and maybe that can shake some people maybe that can change some perspectives i don't know i don't know and even even if they have to be like well look no you don't understand what we were doing is this and this and this this yeah. is like yeah but we don't see that Right. And right. So we yeah. put it in the movie. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Funny thing about this movie, not that it's funny, but uh, interesting thing is that this movie is talking about Oscar buzz. Like, yeah, I, I hope I was going to so. mention that. 
Yeah. I hope so. I was like, wow, really? Like this movie is just like an action movie with a bunch of music in it. You know, like no, and a quick point on what you were just saying, Edgar, is because it because of the Oscar buzz it's getting, perhaps this movie can do for Tollywood what Parasite did for Korean cinema. Yeah. In which I hope so. It, it Parasite's just a phenomenal movie but it wasn't until people saw it win at the oscars everyone's like i gotta check this out like what is this about yeah. and just like this movie it's all parasites also not in english uh yeah. so you have to sit through the subtitles and a bunch of cultural stuff that you otherwise wouldn't understand so yeah i was actually even going to ask you guys do you think this movie could be what parasite was to korean film or perhaps what crouching tiger hidden dragon did as well back yeah, in the early I mean- 2000s I I don't think it's quite Parasite or quite Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because both of those movies made a lot more than $14 million in the U.S. Yes. Right. But then again, you know, this has the benefit of being streaming on Netflix. I would hope so. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it, especially because this opened up, this opened me up to Indian cinema in a way that no other mo- in Indian movie has. So I, I would hope it has that power for a lot more of us Americans, you know, or just not just Americans, but like Westerners. Like I, I would hope so because there clearly is a lot of talent and skill and unique perspectives coming out of Indian cinema. And it it makes us, I keep saying it over and over, but like this cross-cultural pollination, it makes us all better. It makes us all stronger and any opportunity to create just even a hint more understanding of where other people are coming from and what's happening in other cultures and what what the, the way that other cultures kind of view the cosmos it's important. I mean, uh, Parasite and the host before it, the host years ago. I mean, those Squid movies, games recently. Yeah. Like those movies opened me up to, to Korean culture in ways that no other movie had. You know, I go back to even farther back to, you know, anime and and stuff like Battle Royal and Shaolin whatnot, soccer and, and, and like like that stuff opened me up to Japanese perspectives and being curious about Japan and wanting to do research about Japanese culture and then Kung Fu movies and Hong Kong cinema and, and um, all of that, like opening me up to wanting to learn more about Hong Kong specifically and Hong Kong cinema, but also Chinese culture more broadly, like, I I hope this movie has that kind of power. I mean, I don't think it's there. I I don't I don't think this is the movie that's going to make Tollywood or Bollywood or Indian cinema in, in in a broad sense mainstream in the US, but I would be happy if it did. It got their foot in the door at least. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. I think you'll at the very least being part of the Oscars roster and, and people wanting to watch the movies before the Oscars because, mm-hmm. you know, people do that. They'll see, Oh, this movie is, you know, possibly going to get an Oscar. I'm going to watch it. Uh, like if it does that, that's fantastic. I don't think it's Oscar worthy. That's just my opinion. I think it'll win for something like costume design. 
something like that. Uh, yeah, it could win for costume design, or it could it could win for uh, it could potentially win for cinematography. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to be up against, but um, I could I could see it winning for sound. Yeah, uh, some of the I other editing awards. It, you know, I I don't see it winning specifically for effects because, you know, some some of the effects just were not. They were they, uh, they were actually know, pretty good. They were pretty the good, were but I mean, like to win, to win an Academy Award, it's got to be like perfect. Yeah, yeah. there's other you know win right, and so 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 like I'm not I'm not trashing the effects. No, I'm saying they weren't world class. Blow your mind, you know. Some of them were, not all of them were, yeah. and for to win an Academy Award, they all have to be, you know. Um, but I mean, I mean, I think it, it, it could contend in certain categories. Like, I don't think it's going to contend in, in like screenplay or, or international film or anything, but like, I could, I could see it getting some of these technical awards, hopefully, you know, I think it'll get the nomination for international though. Yeah. Because I mean, what other movie from that region would be in there? I would hope, you know, um, and real quick, uh, since we're kind of alluding to maybe this will get people to check out more of this type of uh, cinema. Uh, one of my friends who watches more of this suggested that if we like this or if the listeners liked Triple R uh, to check out Bahubali one and two, they're both on Netflix. Uh, they're okay. this this same made in the same vein as uh, RRR. Uh, he likened it to like kind of uh, an epic Lord of the Rings type of story so that's out there if someone wants to check that out like a fantasy yeah Yeah, more of a fantasy thing i think wasn't there an indian animated film maybe like 10 years ago called prince arjun oh yeah came out i didn't watch it but i know exactly what you're talking about i mean i i I remember watching it i remember not being blown away per se but but thinking it was very very well done and very intriguing and very interesting. Um, there, there are some other Indian movies that, you know, like I want to recommend, but like, I wouldn't be recommending them on the basis of quality. I'd be recommending them on the basis of you got to see this because it makes no sense. <laughs> but like there's, there's an Indian movie called Entheron that, I mean, it's like three and a half hours long oh, and it's not very good. Both the Bahu Valley movies are like three hours as well, by the way. But it is very yeah. intriguing. You know? Three hours. Three hours yeah. of singing and dancing. Well, they still do intermissions in India when it comes oh. to their movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole night kind of affair over there when yeah. it comes to seeing the movies. So not to keep going on, but RRR actually has like three breaks. It's split. Yeah. yeah. For every- it's got three acts. Yes. And, yeah. and I, I guess those R's, they mean something. It's like rage. Yeah, I just was looking it up. Um, well, earlier today, yeah, I was, I was, was looking up. It's uh, Rajaram, Ranuam, and Rajahariam. Right. Uh, or uh, let's see, in Telugu, Rajaram, Ranam, Rudiram. I just tried that. That's yeah. which, <laughs> which basically translates to rage, war, and blood. Yes. Uh, I'm sure we're pissing people off with our pronunciation. I apologize. I my tongue just doesn't work like that. Yeah, <laughs> forgive me. I'm working on it. But yeah. anyway, and on that note, I think we should probably uh, wrap yeah. up, right? I I gotta I gotta call it. But uh, 
Lechuga man, thank you. I, I I probably would not have watched this. I'll be honest. I pro if if it hadn't been requested of me, yeah, I probably and I mean I knew about it. I knew about it. I knew it was out there, and I just was not. I I, I wasn't interested. I wasn't taking it seriously, and you know I honestly like I can't remember the last time that I watched a movie that made me want like stop the movie and go learn more about this culture so that I understand what I'm watching. That's like more, awesome. more often than not, what probably would have happened was I am going to stop this movie because I don't want to learn more about what I'm watching. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't no, want homework right now. This was <laughs> not only, not only do I want the homework, I'm going to go do the homework and then I'm going to come back to the movie. I'm going to finish it. And then like, I keep gave, give it kept giving myself. I I can't remember the last time I watched a movie that opened my mind as much as this did. So, so uh, thank you for yeah. that. And I oh, and thank you for putting the time and uh, having the open mind to take it in that way. I have to say it was it was a a fun fun movie. And like again, that scene where he attacks the palace, that's like hands down one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and maybe in all of cinema because there is oh yeah. As There's nothing awesome. like it as that fucking scene. That scene is fucking awesome. There's nothing. I have. There's no other scene in cinema history that I've seen. That's anything like it. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And then there was one part of that scene in particular where it, it reinforced the whole, these two guys are opposites, you know, and it was. So Rom has this like fistful of fire. <laughs> and the fountains all all busted up beam has the the water hose and it's like fire versus water it's literally yeah. <laughs> the opposites are fighting one it, i loved it i yeah. loved it yeah it was fun it was a it was a great fun movie man and thank you for bringing it to us so uh with that said uh thanks guys thanks so much for uh showing up today and uh doing a review on rrr thank you dan thank uh, god damn it Thank you, I'm my cousin Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Lechuga. Who also earlier mentioned he's in Milwaukee. So, oh those yeah, of you that I want to find this, him. Yeah, at this point, I whatever you know. <laughs> you, you, this is like the twelfth time that you've yeah. done it. His address and, is, yeah. <laughs> and my employer is, and yeah, here's my social security number. <laughs> I, yeah, I, the first time I ever did that, he got so fucking mad. <laughs> 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 so anyway thanks everybody and thank you so much for listening we'll catch you next time all right bye peace <laughs>the music you're listening to is titled dangerous thing by starlight you can find that over at epidemic sound now for those of you who do not know epidemic sound houses a catalog of royalty-free music that you can subscribe to and pay a low monthly fee to have access to that library. It's a fantastic service. You can find all kinds of music. You got reggaeton, you got modern hip-hop, you got everything you can think about. So if you're tired of using whatever music comes with your social media channel, you can dive into this, add a little something to your post to make them stand out. Yeah, I really like this episode, and the more I thought about it as we were breaking it down, the more it made sense to me as... Uh, how important friendship is 
and unity and brotherhood and looking out for each other. I have to say, I enjoyed this movie. Man, the action was over the top. It was a fun movie to talk about. Anyway, I hope you liked this episode. And if you did and you want more of this kind of stuff, head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some merchandise and support the podcast. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. You can find me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves. Or you can follow the show under the name The Flow Roll. And don't forget to follow my co-host, not my cousin Dan, under the name Dantastic Sizzler. I would give you something for Lechuga, but he is not on social media. And let me ask you for a big favor. Please, if you like the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and share it with your friends. Tell your mom about it. Tell your brother about it. Tell your sister about it, cousins, everybody. Tell the whole family. Let them know that this podcast is the thing. And thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otraves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.